everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series Star Trek Discovery. Today is our second episode of our Section 31 coverage. Again, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Enterprise, but this time we'll be talking about Divergence. Uh, episode 16 of season four of Star Trek Enterprise. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who story himself, Cal Jones. Cal, how you doing, man? I think I'm doing really good. We've had two recordings of uh, this podcast two weeks in a row. I can't complain. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you, sir. Um, even with or without a certain body part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't have, I, I have the gall. I don't, well, I'm on here even though I don't have the gall to be here. You don't have the gall Change. to be here. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, a, a bit a, less of a man. A nicer, of a, man. <laughs> a, a nicer, gentler Cal Jones. <laughs> I know. I'm still being nice, right? <laughs> and that voice you heard there is none other than the Trek story in himself, Jonathan Shorts. How you doing, man? Doing awesome, man. I'm happy to be recording again, as Kyle said, for the second time in a row. So, um, don't really know what I'm going to say about this episode, <laughs> but we'll get into it. And that we will. Uh, and last but not least, we have the Stargate Storyun, Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, dude? I'm well rested. I slept all day, so I'm doing great. Oh, so I hate you. Living. <laughs> it's. Well, I was off today and yesterday, and I didn't sleep yesterday, so I made up for it today. Ah, watching Netflix all day, no doubt, yesterday into the night. <laughs> just trying to sleep all day yesterday, actually, just couldn't. Ah, uh-huh. mm. but there was there. I actually, I actually did accidentally. I didn't plan on it. Like binge a whole series of this show called The Dragon Prince. I don't know if you've heard of it. The it's Dragon the Prince. Avatar, the last yes, it's a it's a really good show, but I actually binged the whole season yesterday, and I was mad because I didn't plan, I didn't want to binge the whole thing. I wanted to save some for later. <laughs> oh man! How do you but, accidentally binge? It was like six or seven. Ep- it was just six or seven episodes. Well, Jonathan, we talked it about boring, it last but, week. This countdown, man, the countdown, the final countdown to the next episode. You can't true. Stop it. But I mean, after the third episode, you pretty much have made a decision that you're either going to sit down and watch it all, or you're going to stop. Nah, good point. But it was it was way over there, and I was way over here, and there was Justin. just you know that decision was not well made. Well, guys, while we're into it, let's go ahead and uh, John or Cal, like, what have you guys been up to in the past week as well? Well, um, (laughs) (laughs) not much. I've been working, so that's what I do. Um, And that's pretty much it. Um, (laughs) You know, it's fall time, so a lot of the good shows that I set my DVR for are starting to come on again, so... Been very excited in front of the TV here lately. Uh, got the last ship come back, and uh, the good doctor is coming back on, and I could go on and on. So it's probably going to cut into my Netflix and Star Trek time a little bit. Oh, man, you sound like a TV fanatic. All right, well, listen, again, all <laughs> I do is work. So, you know, when I get home, all I want to do is sit, and the best thing to do sitting is watch TV. Ah. Cool. Yeah, and I want to do a quick shameless plug. I mean, Jonathan couldn't have played into my hands any better than what he just did <laughs> when he said that, uh, what was it, The Good Doctor is about to come back on. And that is quite true because uh, Series 11 of Doctor Who starts this weekend. So, hey, I can't, like I said earlier, I can't complain. And I've told my bosses I will not be at work if I'm scheduled when the show is on. Oh, so they man. that. The I gauntlet mean, they, has they, been dropped. They, they can schedule me if they like, but I'm just not going to be there while it's on. 12.45 p.m. Well, Central I'm pretty Standard sure time. his supervisors know where he lives and they'll come get him. Dun, dun, not worried. Not worried. <laughs> <laughs> so, Clarence, what have you been up to this week? Oh, man, what have I been up to? Uh, watching a lot of Babylon 5, um, halfway through the first season of that bad CG and all, but the story is pretty interesting, so I'm sticking with it. So watching a lot of Babylon 5 and other than that, just hanging out with the, with the folks here, uh, friends in Jackson. So that, that's about it. Now, is, I've never seen Babylon 5. Is that streaming anywhere or is that just like As, a DVD or? 
As a matter of fact, it is. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it on Amazon Video free of charge. I do not, so I cannot. Well, you can <laughs> use mine. <laughs> I don't use my Prime Video. I don't know why. I'm still in that phase. Like I'm trying to debate if I'm going to be an Amazon person or a Google person. These like, are not anything? mutually exclusive. You can do both. <laughs> well, 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 what I'm saying, like, I'm trying to decide. So, like, everything I have is on Google. But I have an Alexa here at home, and I've kind of tied my security system into Alexa. And, oh, boy. Uh, my TV is tied into Alexa. But really, should I have a Google Home since most of my information backs up to the Google Cloud? And everything else I do is through Google? You definitely don't need both. And it's just that whole ecosystem argument. Let's get a little tech petition here for a second. It's that whole ecosystem argument, which whatever most of your stuff is, is probably the place you need to be. Um, Q, Kyle Jones, Apple fanboy. Exactly. Um, so, exactly. <laughs> so it's just kind of like wherever you live the most is kind of where you want to stay at. So I don't know. It's, 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 See, it's I'm a- equally tied. Like my mobile <laughs> life is Google, but my home is Amazon-ish. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense. That is certainly a topic to be explored. And I think we're going to have to get you on an episode of Techpedition because we're going to talk this out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe you can suggest some episodes of Techpedition you guys have talked about this on and give me some advice on that. No, you're gonna, anyway. it's a future episode and you're going to be on it. <laughs> that sounds wonderful as well. And where can probably people do. find Techpedition at? Uh, none other than techpedition.com. So what we do here on this podcast, guys, is review <laughs> each episode of Star Trek Discovery in somewhat excessive detail, in addition to talking all things Trek. And I keep saying this time and time again. If you like this show, uh, support us on Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash discussing Trek. A little as a dollar a month can help feed the, the hungry mouth. No, no, no. We're not trying to feed miles. We're just trying to pay some server costs and things like that. So if you're a fan of the show, you know, just a dollar a month or you can just follow us there. Uh, we'd really, really appreciate it. Okay, guys, before we get into our review of Divergence, I want to talk a little bit of Star Trek Discovery news. So we got a pretty big announcement slash poster. Um, was it yesterday, earlier this week sometime? Uh, I think it was today. Yeah, Star Trek Discovery to return in January 2019. Bum, bum, bum. So what do you guys think? Cool. Well, I'm glad it's coming. It just kind of ticks me off that it takes over a year to get the second season from the time the first season came on. That just annoys me for some reason. Yeah. But I'm glad it's coming. I'm glad it's coming. To, to their, their defense, I keep making the Game of Thrones argument. You know, we waited for well over a year. At least in this case, this season at least, at least ended less than a year before the next one is going to start. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we have to wait a whole calendar year to get anything. And plus, they're trying to supplement us with this short tricks and things like that. So, eh, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but it could be a lot worse. Q last season of Game of Thrones. Q Doctor Who. Yeah, Q Doctor Who. Yeah. More hey, Doctor Who than I can Game of Thrones. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Clarence, are you excited um, about the January date? I mean, was that what you were you expecting that date, or would you, or did you think it might actually be a little bit later? Yeah, I was off by one month because uh, they are queuing their short treks a month apart starting in a few short days here uh, up until February, early February. So I kind of expected it to be uh, no, I'm lying. They're queuing them up to early January. So, yeah, this is about right. The end of, <laughs> the end of February, end of January, early February is kind of the time I thought it would come out. So, yeah, I, I think it, I, was, I was pretty much on target there, but. But the poster reads, discover the next adventure. Ooh. And it's, <laughs> and of course we got those red bursts in the trailer and the poster is all red. So they're kind of playing into that whole, um, I guess, which is probably going to be the arc of the whole season to try to figure out what these bursts are all about. So interesting stuff. Interesting Ooh. stuff. Do we have any idea of any kind of interesting things that may happen in this new season? Well, I mean, other than the trailer we got during San Diego Comic-Con, you know, Captain Pike coming aboard, taking over the Discovery by some uh, weird clause in the Starfleet charter. <laughs> it's going to come into the vessel. And um I don't know. 
It should be interesting because I'm, I'm happy to see Anson Mal jump in as Captain Pike. It should be pretty uh fantastic to see, you know, somebody else come in and shake it up a bit. Of course, we got the news we're going to have Spock in the series. If, and we had uh, uh Una cast as well, Rebecca Romaine Stamos. So uh, a lot of a lot of good things to look forward to, even though we don't know um what's going to happen exactly. But we've gotten a lot of tidbits here and there. And I'm excited. Me too, man. Me too. And we're going to move right along into the next news item I have, which is we talked about those short treks already uh, last week. But we actually got a trailer for The Runaway uh, starring Mary Wiseman um, in Tilly. So have you guys seen this very brief teaser trailer for this 15 minute show? That we <laughs> I have not. Really? Neither have I. No, I haven't. Actually. Uh, neither. Uh, so so wow. tell us about it. Well, it's pretty simple, actually. She's in the mess eating some food, I guess. And this this figure, uh, think of a cloaked figure running through the mess hall and 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 uh, and spooking Tilly. That's that's kind of all we get in the trailer. So, uh, the of course the title being Runaway. So I'm assuming she's going to be some type of stowaway or something aboard the uh, aboard the uh, Discovery. So that could be cool to see how they take that story. And I'm wondering how much of the other cast members will we actually see in this um, 10 to 15 minutes short. So I'm excited about it, actually. You should definitely hey, check out the Hey, do you think it could be your, uh, your girl coming back, the security officer? No. Well, they actually show the figure. They show the figure. Okay. Um, it kind of, she kind of decloaks at the end of the short little trailer they came out with. So it's no character I've seen before. If you guys or anybody listening know, know who that character or race is from Star Trek lore, please write in at fans at discussingtrek.com because I really had no idea who it was. So uh, it looked pretty interesting. Looked pretty freaking interesting. And what so. was the name of this trailer? Or what? Uh, Short Treks Runaway. And you can find Runaway. that on the CBS All Access YouTube channel, which is where I got it from, as well as the uh, you can find it from the Star Trek.com website. Cool. But good stuff. And, <laughs> and in a bit of sad news for me, um, if you go back into our, um, what archives on the Discussing Trek site, you'll see where I did a, uh, a video of stage nine, uh, for our YouTube channel, which stage nine is a virtual recreation of, uh, the Enterprise D. From, from the next generation, of course. And, um, sadly, sadly, the project has been canned by CBS. So these guys have been working on this hard. And if you go try to find some of the videos, they have recreated a lot of facets of the ship in 3D, um, in, in a 3D world. And it's just freaking phenomenal. Um, it's meant to eventually be where you can walk around and use it in VR, which I think you can already. Uh, use VR for it, but, uh, CBS has sent a cease and desist for the project. And, um, if you go to stage-9.co.uk, uh, you see where the creator of the project put up this letter about, you know, uh, CBS told us to take it down. Uh, we're not lowering, lowering up. We're pretty much just going to throw our hands up and, and, um, you know, the concessions they wanted to make to keep the project going, maybe remove some assets, maybe change some names here and there. CBS was like, no way. You need to just kill the whole project. And these guys have been working on this ever since 2016. And now the project is no more. Why do you think, I mean, I know we've discussed this before on the show, but why do you think CBS continues or Power Paramount continues to be such a-holes in regards to anything outside of what they have complete control over? Hmm. I think in this case, maybe uh, it could be that this recreation maybe is sort of kind of like this game they came out with last year called Star Trek Bridge Crew, which allows you to put on... 3D, uh, well, put on Oculus Rift or a, 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 a Vive, uh, headset and kind of step into the captain's chair of, of sorts. And this is not really the same thing, stage nine, but it kind of has some of the same elements. And maybe it's as long as they didn't have anything that 
was in the same vein as his property, they were fine with it. But when they came back with their own thing that's official and this Ubisoft game, they're like, nah, you kind of got to take it off because you're, you're, you're repeating upon something that we're doing to try to make money off of. Gotcha. 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 Which is kind of the case, the same case when, when Discovery came back, they kind of start shutting down all the fan projects. So it's, it's sad, but you know, especially when you see people putting in all this hard work to make this project flourish and they're not getting any money and they're just doing it out of, out of the goodness of their heart and their love for the property. But yet and still, uh, CBS is like, nah, we're not having that. So it's a, what do you thing. think it'll be more beneficial if they were like, instead of shutting them down, just like, you know what? We'll let you guys do it. If you do it under our umbrella. You would like, hope. Like, hey, we're going to throw some of our resources at it to help you, but we're just going to brand it as like coming from us. Man. That would, that would be a lot better. I, I, I don't. I, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. And even like, um, I think one of the things that was hardest for me, um, Star Trek continues, which yeah. that, that, that's, you know, you, you guys know that's another, uh, fan, uh, portrayal of, of TOS, the continuous stories of TOS, and they shut it down. So, man, it's just really sad that they're going after all these different properties that are really just labor of love, you know, labors of love for, for Star Trek. And it's just very unfortunate that they don't want these things to exist. It's really sad. But yet we have Orville. <laughs> Let's change some names. <laughs> And the guy has even had a guest appearance on Star Trek. Literally, yeah. Q last episode. Oh no, we're going right. to get all the Star Trek act. act what? Hold up. Was say that again? Wasn't that Seth MacFarlane? Isn't that the same guy that does uh, Orville? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What episode was he in? He was in the last episode, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in the last episode we reviewed. Yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, wow. Okay, okay, hold on. Stop, 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 stop. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the last episode we reviewed, or was he in yes. a episode of Enterprise? The, no, the he was last in the last episode. one. Yes. He was in Affliction. Yes. Yes. I did not even. Why did y'all mention that last week? I thought we did. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, I would have remembered that. I listened to the episode <laughs> like three times. <laughs> wow. Okay. That brings it full circle. Okay. All right. Seth MacFarlane was in um, Affliction last week, and we didn't even mention it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Some fans we are. Right. Orville in the house. Throw well, the, that's throw why it. we didn't bring it up. We didn't want to bring up the competition, you know? Right. Oh. Okay, well, maybe I was still medicated because it was in my notes to bring it up, and I swear to you guys I dreamed of, that we talked about it. Oh, man. I really didn't think about it until you just said it. but Cool. Yeah, because I, I, I mentioned Uncle Phil. I'm like, oh, I got this cool little inside thing, and nobody said Seth McFarlane. <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, we're going to go ahead and get into our review of Star Trek Enterprise Divergence, which is the 16th episode of the fourth season, which aired February 25th, 2005. While Enterprise tries to bring Trip on board to reverse malicious Klingon modifications, Phlox and Antak, Antak? Find a cure for the virus that will not please General Kaval. So, guys, <laughs> give our what thousand, thirty thousand foot view of this episode. What do you guys think? Let's start with Cal Jones. Good follow up uh, to last episode. It, I, I kind of feel for Jonathan having seen the entire <laughs> episode last week. I mean, you know, the two part together because they did play well together. Obviously, um, I, I thought actually. Fox was my favorite character or, or had some good moments in it. So I thought this was a standout episode for him. Totally agree. What about you, Jeremy? I, Fox is my favorite character in the whole series of what I've seen so far. So any Fox centric episode, I, which, which this seemed to be quite a bit, makes me happy. So I really enjoyed it. I totally agree. You, John? Um, I like Fox is a cool character. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be my favorite. But I liked him most in this episode than any other. Hmm. So, uh, but I, I think, like again, it's hard. It's hard to say, Sam. Seeing as though we watched the whole thing, um, I don't. It it, it 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 was an episode. It ended. It ended the arc. It wrapped it up nicely. 
But uh, it's still it's just a lot of waste in this episode as well. Seemed kind of rushed and wasted. Yeah, and just to piggyback off what you just said, I do feel maybe the first episode had a lot of wasted points, but I I felt this this episode divergence was really you know there was never really a dull moment to me. I felt like it was, the pacing was well. There was a lot of exciting things going on, a lot of high risk things going on as well. Uh, uh, Flocks having his triumphant moment at the end, so I I I really felt that it was a really great episode and way to end off this this two episode arc and and you know even and if talk- there was a case of bad acting in my opinion but we'll get to that too. i want to hear this because i think i <laughs> might know what you're talking about i think i might know what you're talking about so uh we're going ahead and drop that spoiler bumper right here anything you hear after this is going to be spoilers guys spoilers red alert all hands stand the battle station i'll give you the right you not destroy it. I'm demon. At ease before you spray something. So let's get into it, guys. Let's get into it. Um, first off, I want to kind of talk about this double warp come together maneuver tether tether. <laughs> you know. I mean, we need Carrie here because we can bring back that conversation of turning at warp. Because <laughs> if you can't turn at warp, you definitely can't flip a ship upside down at warp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've been proven wrong, haven't we? Because the ship, sure enough, came up to the other ship going what warp five, warp five, right? Yeah. It came up, flipped, and got right beside it at warp. So all of our theories are re- pretty much shot out the window, and we should be ashamed of ourselves. That's that's. And, what's not, only, and not only that, come together. They stayed together for like a good while yes. at warp, uh, okay. surrounded okay. by one warp bubble, <laughs> to make sure that you know everything was going to be okay. Right. I'm okay with the warp bubble because I understand the science of it. All right, all right, all right. So, Mister Science, I have a question for you. So theoretically, if rope is tied between <laughs> first and second, does that create this space of grace on the rope as long as you're touching the rope and climbing? Because my thought was, why isn't he like, you know, like uh, completely oblip- obliterated or whatever the word is <laughs> whenever he's out there trying to climb the rope between the two of them? Because they're inside the warp bubble. Ah, uh, they're bubbled. Okay. So it's one big bubble over the whole entire ship. So in in essence, the so the warp bubble supposed to protect the ship from the forces that's that's works against the ship at that speed. Yeah. So when they put the bubble around both ships, everything within that bubble theoretically <laughs> shouldn't be affected by the force of warp speed. I love this conversation. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's all relative. If if both if 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 you're moving at warp with this warp vessel, vessel, it's all kind of relative, and you know, there's no friction in space. So unless something slows you down, you're still moving at warp, right? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. It's not right. like you have wind shear in space. So <laughs> it's not like sticking your hand out the window. So, so I mean. I know early on they talked about, I mean, they made, they made the whole transporter thing very scary in Enterprise. And of course we get the, the creator of the transporter on episode as well. But why didn't they just transport them? Did they say why they couldn't just do that? Cause when they said transport at first, I thought they were talking about using the transporter, but no, they were talking about this big giant pulley thing. They're going to shoot across the, to the other ship. Like, no, they did. They did. Transport was an option. And he said, we can't transport at warp. And that's been a, that's been a going thing throughout, throughout a Star Trek. Now it has, it's happened once or twice. Someone's been brave enough to try it. And there's been an accident with a transport at warp. Uh, I think Enterprise did it successfully once. And if I'm not mistaken, Voyager did, but it's something about, it's something about the, the molecular stream not being stable enough in warp. Now, I know in the Star Trek movie, the one that came out recently, the Kelvin timeline, old Spock showed young Scotty how Scotty in the future figured out the algorithm right. to to transport at warp. So that may not have come along yet. 
to transport mm, yeah, and just yeah the transport transport technology right now in timeline and enterprise timeline is like they're scared to use it when they're sitting still yeah true true you're so, right so i mean the thought of hey we're going to break <laughs> ourselves into a million <laughs> molecules and transport ourselves is scary enough and then you want us to do it at mock 340 whatever they're at so yeah i'm pretty sure that was not a, not even a suggestion yeah, but then, like, you get to this old point where Reed has his secret maneuver. <laughs> it's just like he's going to yeah. throw, throw a tail across. <laughs> so, this is what I'm saying. This is why I say this was a lot of waste of time. Okay. <laughs> I enjoyed it, though. It was good. Okay, go ahead. It was, it was Visually, good. It was, it was good. Okay, but they need a trip on this ship so bad that they decide to <laughs> flip the ship upside down in warp five and capsule both ships in one warp bubble and send them out on Kyle's so-called rope. <laughs> so he well, can like to, a rope. So he can come to the Enterprise and turn it off and back on again. Hey, but he could do it in under two minutes. Even to Paul really? was in awe. He didn't do anything. <laughs> he short circuited a wire, jumped off the thing, ducked, and then twisted something. Hey, Trip is an exceptional no, 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 no. engineer, no, man. Jonathan, Jonathan, you're wrong now. He did do something. He came back in and said, what's going on with Malcolm? Yeah, I, mean, I guess that was the important part about it. Oh, boy. I mean, it was great. I mean, they could have used that somewhere else but, another time. But, but you have to admit, like, the Columbia and the Enterprise teaming up was pretty freaking fantastic. No? Vis- visually, it was appealing. Hmm. But I'm, I'm kind of like with Jonathan. I'm like, how the hell... <laughs> is this supposed to like actually like? And I realize this is science fiction. I get that, but how does this work without everyone being obliterated by the sheer war- two warps coming together? Yes, the the special effects might have looked good, but for storyline purposes, did it was it necessary? No. <sighs> so, guys, um, we see a distressed flox, um, you know, being awoken. And um, his 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 compatriot uh, has this idea of 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 stopping the virus at stage one, uh, keeping the visual augments, but preventing the enhanced abilities. Good solution. Good enough. What did you guys think of that whole thing? <laughs> I just thought it was more of their experimentation and they really weren't quite sure what they were doing. So they were <laughs> kind of just messing around, seeing what they could come up with. And I, I mean, I don't mean that negatively. I'm just it, it just seemed like they had not perfected what they have perfected by the time we get to, um, you know, a discovery. Hmm. And I will say again, like James Avery as Caval was freaking fabulous. Oh, my goodness. He's so great in that role. I had to imagine him, imagine him as the shredder and not Uncle Phil <laughs> to make it more believable. Oh man, I love it. I ate that up. I ate that up, man. Yeah, but we see what Antok and Flox come up with this solution. Um, what do you think about the whole unethical thing of shooting up Klingons with this thing? It just so happens only one out of four can survive out of being injected with this, this thing to find out which one is the best one. What do we think about that whole, whole arc thing right there? I think that was a bit too much. I, I, I just, I don't know. I just, that, that was stretching it, I think. Yeah, this whole episode was stretching. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I well, to my original comment. Was, this, this should not have been a two-parter. It was a good episode. I loved it. I loved this episode. I, I, I do kind of agree, John. They could have really compressed all this into one episode. And it would have been a just, really good yeah. episode. Oh, God. No, I, I, I'm, Clarence, I'm kind of with you because I, I, I actually liked this episode. And um, as far as the four of them um, – you know, you got one versus three of them. You know it's Star Trek, and chances are all of them are going to be cured by the end of the episode. So you kind of see that happening. But I actually saw it as the Klingons actually doing something honorable, which is part of their culture. But on the flip of that, also doing something a little bit selfless, because even if they three of them did die, and they did, but they did have that cure as or whatever they were calling it at the time, cure or the modification, stabilization, whatever. You still were doing that with 
good intentions. So that, that's kind of how I saw it. Yeah. And like me personally, the thing that really got me about them using, you know, live Klingon subjects is like Flox make this makes this whole big deal about it. Oh, it's unethical. But yet at the end of the episode, when he needs like a human subject to to uh, test it with, like he just shoots up the captain with no freaking. He doesn't even Man, try to hold back. Flox Carly. Is shooting up everybody. He's just <laughs> he's like the neighborhood dealer. He's just. <laughs> <laughs> God. The ice cream man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. It, it's, I mean, I like, I like this, this, the 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 story of it was a good story, but like I said, it seemed stretch. Uh, I don't really. Why? Why did? Why was it? Why did he have four vials to test? Like I didn't understand what got. Yeah, they kind of. Uh, brushed over some of the story to get to this certain dramatic point. I will agree with you there. Um, but yeah, let's just finish the whole virus arc and kind of play it out. Um, you know, I mentioned Archer's slash Flox's willingness to just shoot up the captain with this infection. He's a little indisposed right now. That's the, you go shoot up the cap. Anyway, um, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, but I did love, uh, and this may be what Jeremy was talking about. Phlox the effing strategist. I loved how he got this semi dark moment at the end when he sends the, the vial onto the Klingon, uh, ship and threatens the crew there. I thought that was a bit of genius on Phlox's part. And I think Phlox is like a really surprising, uh, character. Cause he does have these semi dark moments from time to time where he kind of breaks out of that overly joyous shell and does something that kind of shocks you, you know? And I, I thought this was like one of his shining moments in the series. And that that yeah. is true because, and the fact that he breaks away from the mold of most Starfleet doctors, like most Starfleet doctors are so bound by ethics. They'll never come close to this, yeah. but Flux kind of knows how to bend that when necessary. Totally. So that, uh, to me, that's why a uh, reason I would like Flux. Well, now is is Flux part of Starfleet, or is he like part of a Doctor's Exchange? That's with he's Starfleet. a Doctor's Exchange, but he still has to operate. He still operates under the same code of ethics, okay, as any Doctor would in Starfleet. Well, well, I guess my question is: Is he operating under the Starfleet code of ethics, or the general medical practitioner? Code of ethics. Just general metal. But you see any every doctor on Star Trek always it's not Starfleet they're really operating under, it's just a general code okay. of ethics for a medical doctor. I was just confused as to whether he was actually Starfleet or not. No, he he doesn't answer to Starfleet really. Okay. And it's all the critters laying around right. the medical lab and <laughs> treating people with leeches and bats. Yeah. <laughs> Archaic medicine. <laughs> I love the wives thing though. That's awesome. Yeah, three wives, three husbands. Yeah. <laughs> On the way to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. <laughs> yeah, and I think I loved the whole thing with Antak. I'm saying his name wrong, I'm sure. Um, and how, you know, he's more, he's more for the good of his people rather than, you know, Klingon dominance or war or, he wants to do the thing that's best for his people to survive. And I kind of like how at the end they mentioned that, you know, this he may spin his work into getting the Klingon ridges back, which could kind of yeah. play into John's theory of this prehistoric strand. Destruction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, that's I, I mean, that would be the smart move to take here. I mean, for. I, I would think that would be probably the best way of explaining the Klingons and Discovery right now. Yeah. And, you know, at first it seems like it's when you first look back, it seems like the uh, 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 avenue to explain how this storyline would work or would fit in would was so closed. But really, when you look back and look at some of the episodes, you can see that, oh, OK, we have plenty of wiggle room to, yeah. to play around with the story and do something pretty cool in the Discovery universe to kind of explain these things. So, so refresh my memory here. the The idea is after this happened that some of the cosmetic changes they went to the extreme with it and and looked more Klingony than less Klingony. Well, I'm thinking maybe that Aztec 
whatever you say his name, uh, he's going to try to figure out how to reintroduce the original, uh, like yes, 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 yes. prehistoric cleaner DNA, which should be the strongest sample of DNA to maybe get their cranial ridges and all that back. Got you. Excellent. Excellent explanation. So let's go ahead and I guess the whole reason for us reviewing these episodes to talk about some of the Section 31 tie-ins to various Star Trek episodes along the years. And uh, we get, you know, more Reed being, um, what's the word, shy, um, <laughs> doesn't want to explain what's going on with the whole Section 31 thing. And uh, eventually, and he does a great job of it, by the way, because I still, from this episode, don't have nothing from <laughs> Section Thirty One. Really, other than it exists. We got yeah. an excellent explanation. Yeah, and I actually figured out something. So yeah. keep going. Well, well, you know, um, Archer confront, confronts Reed, and you know, he just believes in Reed so freaking much, and he's like, okay, he comes to the realization, okay, if Reed is doing this, Reed has a really good reason, you know. He wouldn't just be doing it. He's like that good friend that, you know, if he betrays you, he, he may have really good reason for betraying you. You know, at least we, we would like to think. Which we talked about last week. <laughs> Which we talked about last week. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, Archer goes and confronts him and eventually Archer gets the call from Harris. Uh, and Harris states that, you know, the, the, premise or the whole reason for this group is Starfleet Article 14, Section 31, where <laughs> they can um, mend the rules a bit for the allowance uh, of, 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 of an extraordinary threat that may be uh, coming upon Starfleet. Or, or, uh, and that's the whole reason Section 31 exists, because it is clause, which allows them to bend the rules a little bit. Uh, thoughts? Okay. I, I, well, I have a question more than a thought. How about that? Go for so it. is is Section 31, is it a group of people that is known as Section 31 or is it Article 14, Section 31? And this is what they're going by. Or is it both of those things? Anybody want to take that? I, I would say it's a little bit of both. But through the if you when we get into future episodes of Section Thirty One, it kind of it kind of leans more to this is just what we call these people. Got gotcha. these group of people are they they are Section Thirty One, but they are Section Thirty One because they operate within under. that yeah under gotcha. the article. Got you. Because the reason I asked that, since we started doing this podcast, and I've heard people, and I've heard Section 31 on, uh, you know, seeing shows before, but I had never put two and two together. I just always thought it was a group, and they were called Section 31, and that, that was this was actually my favorite part of this episode because it added a layer of like a light bulb moment of saying, "Oh, okay, well that's where it comes from." Yeah, and and even if you take that a bit further into what Harris was saying to Archer, you know, he said this is bigger than one captain and one ship. You know, uh, we're trying to protect the the sanctity of Starfleet. You know, and um, we also find out that that Malcolm was a part of this operation as a young man, and he thought he was done. You know, um, and yeah, I guess it's that whole gang mentality. Of once you're in, you're never out. I reckon. He says as such. Yeah. True. And, and I think I would, I think in my mind, I was relating this to maybe things we see, which we often do things we see in our real world and how we have these groups that, you know, think of, think of American covert ops or if some tragedy happens, 9-11, and we have this secret team to go and do some stuff on behalf of this event. But I think like all of those things in our world, maybe 10 years down the line, it gets out of control. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about section 31. I feel like the group had good intentions, but the longer it gets in the tooth, the more it gets away from kind of the original mandate. And it's, it moves to this all powerful, you know, by any means necessary kind of thing. And, you know, it's almost like, what are we fighting for? Kind of thing, you know, right. And because they don't answer to anyone, no one really knows 
like Starfleet, I don't think even monitors it because they don't want to monitor it. So it's just kind of like they're operating without oversight, and which we'll get to that in future episodes. But I mean, yeah, they get out of control really <laughs> quick. <laughs> Yeah, and this is wonderful how the captain was like, uh, what are your loyalties lie? Uh, are you with me or not? You know, um, and, and he puts, he puts Malcolm's feet to the fire, like either you're with me or you're not. And he, you know, we see at the end where Malcolm makes a decision. He's like, man, I'm out and even like cuts him off halfway through the conversation, right. uh, which I thought was freaking fantastic. My favorite line was, I only answer to one commanding officer and that's Jonathan Archer. Oh, <laughs> very cool. Good stuff. And then he just lays down and starts reading his book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what, what do we think about Harris working directly with the Klingons? To and I'm, I really don't know why he wa- he wanted this contagion to stop. Is or he? I, w- I was unsure if he wanted the contagion to stop or he wanted the possibility to use what they harvest for Starfleet's gain. Or is it both? So he made the captain and Malcolm believe it was to stabilize because if they if the contagion had been spread, it would have destabilized the clean on empire because they would have come in and they would have killed all of these people trying to sterilize the problem. And then that would have caused the civil war, I would assume. Yeah, good point. So, I mean, and clean odds that in the civil war is not good for anybody. So, I mean, the Federation would have an interest in keeping them from having war within, but as we will find out through future section 31 episodes, there's always ulterior motive with them. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, this is terrible and we're going to stop you guys from doing it, but we're also going to keep it in case we need it. Yeah. But, but, you know, uh, tying back to what Clarence said just a moment ago, uh, you know, kind of relating it to the real world, anytime you have a covert group of people doing anything, whether it's, you know, CIA, whether it's whatever group, you you still have that ulterior motive of somebody getting something for something else and, what you know, what's the right. real reason? So, so I guess we're ready to kind of wrap this up. Unless I want to go around and see if anybody else has any last notes, and then we're going to get into what Jonathan says was the worst acting ever. I want to, I want to hear what he says on that. Uh, so, before we get into that, does anybody have anything else they want to say? So, go, go ahead, John. What was the worst well, acting moment ever? Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> you probably not. I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not. But Captain Archer's scene when he met up with Phlox and getting ready to get the injection and all that, that, <laughs> I don't that was... He wasn't very effective. I agree with you. Yeah, I, <laughs> He's like, the way he was moving, like, ah! Yeah. I, it's like, I, I don't know what to... I don't know what to, It was just hard to watch. Yeah. It was like you were watching... <laughs> I don't know. And it, it was terrible. I agree. It's like watching. It's like watching a kid throw a fit when they're not really angry about anything, but they just want to throw a fit. So you just kind of look down at him, like, "Really? This is what you're doing, child?" But and he, like the guy, that come play, get me when you're done. <laughs> the guy that plays Arch. I mean, I don't. Scott. He Bacula. does a great. What is it? Who is Scott Bakula? Scott Bakula. That guy. <laughs> I mean, he does. He does a great job with that character, but I don't. He. It. It it can really go bad real quick if I he agree. gets. You know what I mean? He, I don't think he can stretch that character any further. He he definitely plays like he definitely plays like a cowboy, and like I, I, that's not the moment I thought you were going to mention. The moment I thought you were going to mention is when he's having that argument argument with Reed, and he well, gets like was, really angry. I was say it was two of them because that one was a bad one too. Yeah, it was like a bad angry. It wasn't believable. Yeah. <laughs> It was like a staged angry. Yeah. It was like somebody told him, hey, when he walk in, you need to be really angry at him. <laughs> Malcolm, tell me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has this little movement. Like, I, it's just weird. Like, he does great in normal situations. <laughs> but when you change things, he's not that great. Yeah. Well, it's just like, even if I think about the um, the mirror universe arc 
he wasn't great as a mirror universe captain to me. It was not believable at all. Yeah. And maybe that's his, maybe he just doesn't do good in like negative. He's a good guy, man. Yeah. Right. He's not good in antagonist situations. <laughs> oh, boy. And real quick, I want to just mention an awesome moment in this episode that nobody brought up is when <laughs> Tapal is captaining the Enterprise and Hernandez is in the Columbia and they're like going to battle. I'm like two women helming two Starfleet vessels kicking butt. I thought that was freaking awesome. A good moment for Star Trek. Uh- well, let me kick you down a notch. <laughs> One that just—it <laughs> was hilarious to me. What? So, it was awesome. No, 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 not, not the whole thing. This point of the one scene I was going to bring up. So when Captain Hernandez, like Columbia, will disappear for a minute, and they were nowhere to be found, and then all of a sudden they come up behind the Klingons, firing as normal cliche Star Trek happens. <laughs> and she comes up and it's her final moment and her arms crossed that you guys could use a little hand but there's no comps there's like no communication so she just had a wasted moment uh, awesome. <laughs> well only you would notice that because I didn't notice that. I didn't notice it either okay but 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 let me ask you guys this so you go through all this thing to get uh the dude back on the ship trip or whatever his name is and you and now that he's back, so does he stay on the ship at this point? No, I mean, I don't try, I'm not trying to spoil it, but it was like you made this big deal in the first um, part, you know, the first part of this two parter of him leaving. And now it's just like, oh, well, yeah, he's just going to stay for a little bit longer. Uh, you know what? Uh, when I first saw the episode many, many years ago, I never <laughs> thought he was going to leaving then. So <laughs> did you guys ever think he was leaving? No. Mm. So good point. Yeah, I, I never thought he would leave. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a vastly different show if he's gone, but okay, uh, yeah. entertain me. I mean, you have to know that that's, I mean, he's one of the main characters. Like, if Hoshi would leave, I would probably understand that. I mean, she's a main character, but not super duper important, other than I can't at certain points. But Trip leaving, I don't think Tell they me, how dare you? Up. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> what it is. You were thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's. Uh, I think we wrap this one up. And uh, you know. Seth MacFarlane is an engineer. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't what, notice it. They, they had originally planned to have Seth MacFarlane be replace Trip, and they said he could <laughs> never pull off a uh, Star Trek type. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's why the show got canceled. Yeah, yeah. that's what happened. <laughs> oh boy. All right, guys. Thanks for joining for the review. Uh, got uh, people listening. What do you think? Did you like the episode divergence? Did you like this two episode arc? Did, does it explain the origins of section 31? Or do you like what the excuse we got for the whole Klingons looking human in TOS? Uh, what do you think? Send feedback into fans at discussingtrek.com. So let's go around the horror, guys. What, what do you? What have you been up to? What have you been up to? What have you been working on? Uh, let's go around the horn and we'll start with, uh, Mr. Kyle Jones. Uh, well, for me, uh, Clarence, you and I were talking earlier saying that we are less than a week away from Doctor Who. So that's what we will be working on for the next 10 weeks is weekly Doctor Who episodes. So you can find that at discussingwho.com. Cool beans. And we'll go on to. Jeremy Barrow, what have you been working on, dude? Anything you want to plug? Um, podcast well, or otherwise? I'll, I'll defer the podcast to Jonathan, but um, <laughs> there's a reason for that, which he'll explain, I'm sure, in a moment. But I, too, am looking forward to the new Doctor Who. I've actually, BBC America has been doing a Doctor Who marathon, so I've been re-watching a bunch of old episodes that I haven't seen in a while, especially the uh, Ninth Doctor, which BBC does not like to air anymore. So I'm excited they finally decided to redo those. But um, other than that, just mostly work. Very well. And <laughs> shameless plug, anyone wanting to check out the Ninth Doctor's uh, episode, our reviews for Discussing Who, starts at episode number 90 with Rose. Yes. And finally, uh, Jonathan Shorts. Man, what have you been working on, podcast-related otherwise, that you might want to plug? Yes, Jonathan, what have you been working on? My good friend. Well, 
Since you've asked, not a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not the answer we were expecting. <laughs> oh, yes, it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've just worked like eight days straight, and so I hadn't had much time to do anything. But as we probably heard on the last podcast, Jeremy and I have started our, we'll be starting our own podcast, J&J Starts Talking. And we have recorded our first episode. I have yet to post it because I haven't had time to sit down and edit it. But that will happen this week. I guarantee you. Okay. Because I'm off this week. Not the whole week. Two days. And that's unheard of. So I have time to do that. Noted. And then we'll record another episode that we have no idea what we're going to talk about yet. Well, we didn't know what we we're going to talk about the first time. It just kind of happened. So, yeah. so anybody <laughs> listening out there, if you have any ideas or anything you would like to hear us, you know, just chat about, you can email them to J and J start talking at gmail.com. There you go. And we'll talk about it or follow us at Twitter at J and J start talking at Twitter. <laughs> Just email them for you. <laughs> All right, guys, it's JJ. Start talking at gmail.com and uh, definitely check that out and uh, subscribe and like those guys. And we can't wait for that first episode. We wait with bated breath. And all right, guys, uh, again, everyone, thanks for joining. If you made it to the end, appreciate you listening in and staying along for the ride. And until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe.